friends, and welcome to the Midpacker Pod, part of the Free Trail Network of Podcasts. I am your host, Troy Meadows, and I am stoked to bring you informative and relatable content from people just like you, everyday runners pushing their boundaries and doing extraordinary things on and off the trails. Today on the show, I am talking with Kyla Mayer. Kyla is a community organizer and trail and ultra runner based in Bozeman, Montana. She is also a content producer and the athlete manager for John G, an up and coming running apparel brand that, in Kyla's words, is a pocket company that also makes shorts. I love that. Kyla was not always the runner she is today, and we dive into her journey from being a successful entrepreneur in the yoga space, making a decision to radically change her life by closing down her businesses, to spend a year in service living out of a van and teaching yoga and meditation to inmates in prisons across the country. After a year, she decided that she was ready for a change and ended up in Bozeman, where her newfound love of the trails found her jumping feet first into the ultra running community. Kyla founded the Bozeman Run Club soon after moving to the mountain town, and we unpack what it has meant to her to grow that club from the ground up. We finish up the convo talking about her season of running, completing the Bighorn 50 miler, Crazy Mountain 100, the Mongolian 42K, and the Bear 100. We also talk about the Scummy Summer Slammer, a multi-day fat ass from Bozeman to Yellowstone that the Bozeman Run Club puts on. This is kind of a fight club kind of race. So remember, you don't talk about fight club. All kidding aside, I am personally going to try to run this next year. Okay, so a few things before we get to the show. First, if you were interested in hearing a conversation with my father and I as we unpack what it took to crew me at the Grindstone 100 this year, check out my man Mason Boswell's podcast, Ultra Crew Hub, and go check out the website. He and his wife are building something really cool at Ultra Crew Hub and are crowdsourcing firsthand information and tips for crewing some of America's most iconic ultra races. I'll link to the pod and the website in the show notes, so make sure you go check those out. I have some other cool content for you to check out as well called Trail Talk. My good buddy, Aaron Shimmons, better known as I Run Over Mountains on his social channels, has just launched the new YouTube series, Trail Talk. This is a reaction-style show with him, me, and two other guests, and we unpack and give our hot takes on the latest news and happenings in the world of trail and ultra running. The first two episodes are up on YouTube right now. We give our takes on sub and super ultras in episode one, and we dive into the Wham! and Iron Man disaster in episode two. To make it a little lively, in episode two, we also have a little fun hypothetical who would win in a head-to-head at the Mount Blanc marathons, Remy Bonet or Jim Wamsley? Let me tell you, these episodes get spicy. So after the show, go go subscribe to Aaron's YouTube channel and give the first two episodes a watch. Tell us what you think in the comments for each episode. We definitely would love your feedback. Okay, this is the part of my pre-ramblings where I ask you to give some love to the pod. If you haven't already and you know who you are, go give the pod a rating and review wherever you get your pods. I'm only talking about five-star ratings here, friends. If you have any gripes, you can DM me at midpackerpod on IG. I'm happy to talk through any of the things you don't like about the pod uh, one-on-one. Lastly, the Midpacker Pod has a Patreon account. 
I do all the things here from interviewing, recording, editing, guest outreach, and publishing. So if you want to support the pod directly, it's just a buck. That's like 25 cents per episode per month. And a screaming deal if you ask me. You can find a link to the Patreon account and all the things I just talked about in the show notes. So make sure after the show, you go check those out. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to this four minute monologue. And I definitely appreciate it. Uh, let's get on to my conversation with Kyla Mayer. All right, friends, welcome back to the Midpacker Pod. I'm here with Kyla Mayer. Kyla, how are you doing today? Nailed it. Good job pronouncing my last name right. <laughs> nice. I'm great. How are you? <laughs> yeah, for the audience that didn't look at the show notes, it's it's like the person in charge, but spelled differently. And I was a little intimidated <laughs> when I, I had to definitely ask before we got online, like, how exactly do you pronounce your last name? Because I don't want to mess this up. So, um, sweet. Uh, you know, I'll give you the question I give everyone when they start the pod. So, you know, Kyla, who is who is Kyla Mayer? Um. Oh, well, I, I, I didn't have time to really think about this, um, but um, I'm a runner. You can, you can go an, an inch wide and a mile deep yeah. or a mile wide and an inch okay, deep. Yeah, so, I'm, yeah. I'm a runner and a community organizer and um, a content producer and a single dog mom. What, what kind of what kind of fur baby do you have? Uh, she's a very very annoying uh, mini Australian Shepherd, but like she she, okay, she cool. it seems Maybe. like she probably has like Pomeranian in her or something. Um, I was hoping to get a dog that could run with me, but that like didn't bark that much. Um, and I got a dud. I don't know. She she just like she she's got a big mouth just like her mom. No run. No, does she run with you? She though? does run. Yeah, yeah. She loves running. Yeah. Okay, cool. I figure with the Aussie, if any kind of Aussie Shepherd in there, you can get. <laughs> they they know how to just like set a really solid pace. I think most Aussies are pretty quiet though. That's why I say I got a dud. They're supposed to be pretty quiet dogs. She's being quiet right now though, but yeah, she might you know hop in and and. Yeah, as I say, thanks for the pre-warning. Just for the audience knows, we we may get some, some, uh, some, some dog, some dog whispering going on in, in, in the in the pod. So, um, well, yeah, that's cool. And we're gonna dive into the the stuff you're the stuff you're doing with John G. Um, you know, I, I you know, I was, I was looking at your race resorts, and uh, you run some really hard races, and and you do a pretty decent job of 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 nabbing podium performances every once in a while. I guess when when all the when all the chips come together and all the, and the, and the cards fall uh, correctly. So uh, we were joking before we started recording. I was like, man, you may be a little fast for the podcast, but I think you have a very compelling story and, and I'm excited to kind of, to unpack that with you uh, for the audience. But, um, you know, let's talk about what got you into running. I know you took a pretty big hiatus, but, you know, talk about, you know, how we're running started for you. And then, um, you know, we can work into how you got into the trails. Um, yeah, I, I started uh, running in high school. Uh, my best friends, my um, so no one in my family runs. No one in my family is really that outdoorsy either. Um, so I started running. My best friend who lived uh, very close to me in, in 
actually middle school, middle school or high school, her dad was a big runner and I used to go out, run down the street and back with them like every day after school. Um, and then ran in high school. Um, turned out like I wasn't good at anything else. I can't like throw or catch anything. Um, so any other sport was kind of out. Um, uh, so I got very much into running, um, and ended up running in college. So, and then took a hi hiatus. Um, yeah, there's a longer story there, but I don't know how long we have. Um, but Ryan was a big yeah, part of, well, I wanted to say, we're, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I want to say like, was, were you any good in college? Did you go to like a scholarship or, um, you know, a really competitive school or was it just kind of, um, you were like good enough to make the team. So you ran. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so I think, um, I struggled like in high school socially. And so running was an outlet for me to, um, deal with just mm. like, I don't know, I switched schools and, um, I don't know. I had a, I just had a hard time like making friends and feeling like I fit in. And so running became like, yeah, my best friend. Um, and so I got quite good at it in, in high school and then got a small running scholarship, um, to Pepperdine University in Malibu, California. Tough life out there. I was 18. I was like, yes, Malibu, small running scholarship. Sounds good. Sign me up. Um, so yeah, Pepperdine's a D1 school. You know, it's funny. I feel like, you know, you mentioned like, um, me like getting on the podium and like the name of your podcast is the mid pack, right? I just, I'm always like front of the, middle pack. That's how I was in college too. Like I was good on our team. I was probably the best runner on our team. We were division one, but like I never broke any course records and like I was pretty good, but like not that good. I feel like I'm still the same. <laughs> right. Yeah. Some, some, some things, some good things for a middle packer. Uh, sounds like you were good enough to score. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you were good enough to score points for the team, but but you weren't, uh, you know, you were you you weren't you weren't breaking any records or, or blowing blowing away a lot of the girls on, on on in in the field. Then, huh? There's obviously a better talent out there when you were at college. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you're cutting out a little bit, Troy. But um, yeah, you got that that right. <laughs> well, yeah, I I was never really good runner, but I still like running. So you know, here here we are. But. Uh, um, Okay. Yeah. Really cool. And I know, so, you know, you, you landed in Bozeman and we're going to talk about some of the work you're doing with the community in Bozeman. Um, but you know, you ended up taking like a 10 year break from running and, you know, you got into the yoga industry and, um, I had the pleasure of, of meeting you at a, at a couple yoga festivals. My wife used to, she still does, but we, she used to make jewelry and we'd travel around and, and, and sell, uh, uh, crystals and, and sell her jewelry at, at different yoga festivals. And I still, I had a shirt that, you know, you were selling apparel and I had shirt that, that you had made. It said heavily meditated. And I wore that shirt. Um, I wore that shirt until it like fell off. And I love that shirt. And anyone else a pod knows that I have, you know, I still have a meditation practice and, um, you know, I really did like, uh, some of your, some of your designs and the stuff you were doing, but, you know, talk about, you know, talk about that transition. I think you had, you, at one point you, you owned and operated a yoga studio. And then, I mean, it sounds like, it sounds like you just had a reckoning with yourself and you kind of turned it all upside down and, 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 and kind of hit the reset button. And I'd love to kind of unpack, like, you know, as much as you want to like talk about it to the audience, but like what caused that yeah. for you. And, and obviously it was a great decision for you because, you know, you've, you've kind of found, refound yourself, um, in, in the trail, trail running community. So. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that it's a, it's a, it's a story. Um, yeah, I, yeah, went from, um, yeah, I think, you know, there's like, I, life is sort of cyclical. So, um, keep doing the same sorts of things. Um, and like maybe repeating, you know, different chapters of my life, but it looks really different. So, um, I got, I was super into running and it was like hugely my identity in, in college. Um, and I think like a lot of college runners, like there was a burnout that came with that, like, and there was like lots of mental health stuff. I mean, like lots of struggling with eating disorders and like exercise addiction and, um, just not having like the tools when I was 18 to like figure life out. Um, and so really clung to those things, um, and so I think there was a, like a certain like bottom that I hit, um, in college with the, it was like, like I went from like, um, just being like a neurotic type A perfectionist and I was pre-med and running cross country and, um, and then like just going pretty like, um, crazy got in with like the wrong crowd in LA and just started partying a bunch and, um, yeah, that, that didn't like last very long. I wasn't like a really functional partier. I got in a bunch of trouble and, um, and my life like just became like a mess very quickly. Um, so that's, uh, when I s started, uh, getting into yoga, I had like, um, dropped out of grad school at that time, uh, moved back home with my parents. It was like really struggling with partying and drugs and, um, all the bad things. <laughs> Wasn't running as much at all and was just like really lost. And so, um, I got sober at the time and I was like going to therapy and I was like doing all the self-help things. And my mom is like, an awesome like hippie yoga mama and she was like you don't need to do you don't need to do like 12 steps you don't need to go to therapy you just need to meditate and go to yoga um and she I mean I did all I still was doing all the all the self-help things um but I I started doing yoga cool and mom. um and then yeah she's a cool mom and then um yeah got into uh yeah the specific form uh kundalini and um like then really dove into that. And so like, you know, I went from this, you know, running and, um, being a collegiate athlete being my identity to that sort of falling apart and then recreating myself, um, as a yogi and a meditator. And then I started like a whole business around it and did that for the next 10 years. So I opened a couple stores and, and had a, a yoga apparel line. Um, and, um, yeah, just went, uh, head first into like that life. Um, and there's tons of parallels between, um, life as a collegiate runner and what, you know, that took and that kind of focus. And I don't know the sorts of like, um, I don't know, training that you do. And like, you can just, it's so comparable to, um, some of the like really intense meditations we would do in Kundalini yoga, and what it took to, um, even like start a business. So, um, yeah. And then I don't know, you want me to keep going? Cause then like, then I got burned out and did another thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, well, I, I think it's interesting because, you know, I also too, before I got into running, I, I was, you know, really into yoga, really into meditation, um, did a lot of Kundalini yoga, uh, found running. I was like, I was kind of, I have a similar, I have a similar story as you in a sense that like, I didn't run in college, but like I, I ran all through, I ran through high school and then kind of fell out and out of love with running and then kind of found running again later in life. And so, I mean, obviously, um, you know, I, at some point you just said, Hey, like, this is not serving me. And it, it sounded like you, you made a really radical decision. Right. And you, and you decided to, you know, I think you lived in, you lived in, you did the van life for a year, which I'm kind of envious of, this was that's, after. you know, I would love to be living yeah. the van life. Say what? So van life Sorry, came after. So like I did, yeah, like, uh, van life, like, um, yeah, came, came after, um, uh, yoga life. So that was sort of like the transition, uh, out of, um, something that also I felt sure. wasn't like serving me anymore. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think spent 10 years, like, um, like, oh, yeah, the yoga, uh, diving into the yoga world was like extremely helpful for me at that time. Um, and wow, like I learned so much in that 10 years of like building a business and, um, doing a lot of work on myself, meditating. And then, um, I think there was a part of me that, uh, felt there was a lot going on. Like, but I, I like, I had felt like I reached all these goals in my life. I felt like, the type of yoga and the lifestyle I was living, there was like a part of me that, that it didn't feel like super authentic anymore. Um, and there was like, mm. and I was like settling down in, in Rhode Island and like, you know, had like a boyfriend and I was about to buy a condo. And so like, and there's just like this like unrest inside of me, like, Oh, like I haven't, I'm not like ready to do this. Like I, like I, I, I am like, I want to do something else. I think, I don't know. Um, so yeah, I, I like pretty much, um, shut down, um, my stores and got rid of the boyfriend and didn't buy the condo and then bought a van, which I think, I mean, it's not an uncommon story, um, to be like, you know, almost there or, you know, feel like you've got your goal or, um, you've reached a certain place that you have been chasing. And then you're like, wait, this is not what I wanted. Um, so yes, yeah, so then I, I lived, um, I uh, decided to start a nonprofit and my, I was going to teach, well, I did, um, started a nonprofit and I taught yoga in like jails and rehabs and treatment, treatment facilities, um, all over the country. So I lived one month in 12 cities doing that in retrospect, wow. <laughs> it was amazing. And like, I, I, there was this huge part of me that was like, okay, maybe like I feel this unrest and I feel like this unhappiness in my current life. And maybe I need to do some more service. Um, and so like, I took all these sure. like, trauma informed yoga classes and, uh, teacher trainings and started this nonprofit. Um, but I think the other piece of it was I knew I was like shutting down these stores and like, not doing the apparel anymore and that I was going to be leaving Newport. It was like, 
I couldn't just like do that. I like, and just get a normal job at that time. It was like, I would have felt way too much like a failure. So it was like, once again, I'm like doing this like big thing, <laughs> um, which, um, then my whole life changed during the, the course of that year, um, being on the road and my priorities changed and, um, the layers of, um, the, my identity that I like had been like sort of attached to, they started to fall away. Um, and that's when I got into trail running. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I say. That's, um, that's really cool. And I love, so I love, it's like, you kind of go through the entrepreneurial journey, you build something that is for lack of a better word, successful. You're creating the quintessential Americana life, right? I'm going to buy my first home. I've got this partner that, that it's, it's like everything looks perfect from the outside. And then inside, you know, you're kind of dealing with, you're struggling with like, is this right for me? Right. And then you, you completely, let's just say like, you turn that upside down, you go live in a van, you travel around teaching people that need it, you know, being of service. So you kind of like enter the monk life for about a year. And in that, in that transition, you know, you figure out, um, I want something completely different for myself. Right. And obviously that, there, there was a transitional period, but uh, like you made a, you made a comment that like resonates with me. You're like, well, I couldn't go back to a normal job because, and it's like, I feel kind of the same way when I think about my life trajectory and I hate to like the audience is like, man, he always makes this about him, <laughs> but like, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. So like the idea of like, like if I had to get another, like the idea of going to a nine to five, like tomorrow is like something that I'm just like, I don't even know if I could do that, yeah. you know? Uh, well, so it's interesting that you were able to find something, right? It, yes. And it, that, that, that has been a process. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I couldn't. So I, before Johnji, uh, I work for Johnji, uh, running apparel brand, um, and couldn't think of like a better fit, uh, for me in my life right now. And yeah, how that happened is just like the timing was amazing. Um, but I never, like, I, this is the first time I've ever worked for anyone. <laughs> so I never had a job right. before. I, and, and, you know, like there was this humbling part when I, when I, so yeah, I, I traveled the, the country, lived one month in 12 cities. I, I like discovered like all these things about myself and, or maybe just got honest with myself. Like, wow, this isn't my old life. Isn't like really feeling authentic mm. and that's okay. And like, I can let these layers fall away and like, I'm okay. Um, you know, I don't, I don't need to be like a meditation guru and, you know, like I was like, you know, looked at in a certain way in my, in Newport in my town. And, um, I taught the yoga. And so anyway, I was like, Oh, well shoot, I don't even want to teach. I don't even like yoga. I don't even, I don't even want to do it anymore. <laughs> I just want to be in the mountains. I just want to like go run in the mountains. And so, um, and then I like, started like obsessing over well I started meeting a lot of trail runners so the way I met people jumping around a little bit here but um living um you're, you're fine uh in a place for one month it's like a really interesting amount of time um because it's like way too short of a time to like meet anyone and like develop any deep connections but it's also way too long to go without that um, and I was moving every month. Mm. And so like, I figured out very quickly, like, oh, shit, like, if I don't get after it, like in the first week, I'm in a place and like, make friends or like, yeah, find people that I need that I can hang out with for the whole month, like, I'm gonna get really, really lonely. Like, it, it would suck to me. It sucked to meet someone awesome, you know, that 
you know, good old runs and like whatever, like the last day. And I was like leaving, you know, so it had to be yeah. in the beginning. So I did that usually through run clubs because I was like getting into running. So I, and like, totally. I don't know, it's, it's like, it's actually, it sucks to go to a run club for the first time. It's like totally scary. You're like, Oh my God. Like all these people are going to be faster than me. They're all going to be friends. No one's going to talk to me. Um, I don't want to go. So like, I never actually wanted to go. Um, and it, it, it's, it's hard. Like, and that, and there is some truth to that. Like sometimes people don't talk to you. Like you have to get, you have to put yourself out there. And so, but the people that did run a mile with me and asked me like, what, what are you doing on the road? Like, or whatever, like it meant so much. It meant so much. Like I would leave that run club, like so stoked, like, I talked to someone today and they asked me questions. And so that stay, that has stayed with me. And that that's, you know, fast forwarding to now I'm in Bozeman and I started Bozeman Run Club. It's really because like of the, it doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't take that much effort for the, the local person to reach out, you know, at all. It's so much harder for the new person to show up. So for me, I'm like, wow, anything totally. I can do to create a container for a new person to come in and feel welcome. Like even it's just, you know, sometimes there's 50 people at Bozeman Run Club. I can't possibly talk to every single new person, but, but it doesn't take that much. <laughs> like I just remember that feeling like driving home in my van, like, yes, someone said hi to me. <laughs> it's amazing. So, um, anyway, yeah. And that's how I got, um, a lot of run clubs. I find, Roadrunners that are, listen to this don't kill me, but I find that the trail running um, space is like very community oriented, and a lot of the run clubs I was yeah. going to were put on by trail runners. So that's like that's 2019 was how I like started learning about trail running, and um, yeah, I didn't know really anything. I, I would say like running in college and road running is a completely different sport. So um, yeah, I had to get all the gear, like all that. Are you looking to represent your love of the trails off the trails? Then check out Run Trail Life, the casual apparel company that lets you show your love of trail and ultra running while giving back to protect the trails we love so much. RTLTs are 100% organic cotton or made from recycled water bottles, and $1 from every item purchased is donated to Runners for Public Lands, a not-for-profit dedicated to creating and maintaining trails on our public lands. I am super passionate about this company because I am the founder and solo entrepreneur behind it. That's right. From the website to the apparel designs, I created it all. So if you love the content on the pod, consider supporting me directly with a purchase. And if you use code MidpackerPod, I will double the donation from your purchase to Runners for Public Lands. I personally love the Ultra Runners Do It Longer tee and the RTL Logo Trucker, which has a sweet built-in headband making it perfect for your next long run. Visit runtraillife.com to check out our entire line of hats and tees. Thanks for your support. You kind of created the monk life, which is a very, you know, it's an isolated life, right, in general. And and the model that you were you were in is very isolated too, because you're not even at like an ashram or a monastery. Like you're not like in a community of people where uh, you know, cr practicing austerity, like you're in a van by yourself. Right. And then you're giving you, you're providing this selfless service. Um, and then you're finding community. And, and when you find that community, you're like, huh, like there's something here. Right. And I think, um, you know, let's, we, we should, we should just move into Bozeman. Like you ended up like, a year goes by, you land in Bozeman. Um, you know, we can get into, to the work you're doing with John G, but I think, 
you know, just double, double clicking on the, the Bozeman run club and just kind of your life in Bozeman and, and, and moving to a mountain town. Uh, what, I mean, obviously like your experience in meeting trail runners is, was the antithesis for creating the Bozeman run club, but talk about like how you got that started and, you know, how long have you been in Bozeman and, you know, how does it feel to be a part of a community that's, I mean, Bozeman isn't a small town by any means, but it's definitely not a, it's not, I wouldn't call it a big city no, either. It's, so. it's pretty small. I think it's like maybe 50,000 people now, probably less. Um, so when I left Newport, Rhode Island, which is where I was living and where I grew up um, and hit the road, I didn't have a plan for after. Um, I didn't even, wasn't even sure that I wouldn't just like go back to Newport. So I just wanted to leave it open, uh, which was like, as a neurotic planner, it was like really scary for me not to have a plan. Um, but like I said, like a lot changed over the course of that year and I changed a lot. And I think that, um, I don't know, like everyone was like, what you're doing is so badass," And I was like, yeah, it is badass. Like I'm a badass." So like, I, I guess I like, one of these like new layers of identity that I was sort of like getting was like, what well, like I'm badass. Like I just shut everything down like 34 and just start, I just like on the road and I'm um, by myself with my dog. Like I'm badass. And like, so I think like, I think I, um, I got to Bozeman and I saw all these like way more badass people. Like <laughs> I remember walking around. Yeah, that's mountain. That's mountain. Yeah. And and like, I don't know, there's something about Montana that just felt like on another level. Like, cause I, you know, I had, I was in Colorado. I'd been to, um, Taos. I had been to Flagstaff. So I've been to some other mountain towns. There was something for me about, and, and, you know, it's October. So it was actually for the month of October, um, 2019 that I was in Bozeman and it's, I mean, it's 17 degrees out right now. It is freezing. And I <laughs> did not do any winter sports um, before moving here. And I'm not, I, I like don't like, I previously did not like the winter. Um, and so, but I came here and I saw like a ton of people just no matter the weather, they're all outside because they're outside. They're all happy because they're happy. They're friendly. Um, and there was just this like level of like, trail runners and climbers and skiers like that I wasn't so inspired by I like wasn't any of those things uh but I was like I want I want to be like those people <laughs> in Montana <laughs> I gotta move there so um yeah and when I so there was not a trail running group when I came in October there was one Tuesday night track group that still um exists and I go to that track group um and I remember um they, this was, this was a group where like there, it's not that they weren't welcoming, but they were very serious about their workout. And I was like, <laughs> talking. Uh, oh yeah. It's a track it's, group. Yeah, but I <laughs> to some other track groups across the country. Like, I feel like, you know, I'm now like a run club expert cause I've been to them everywhere. So I get sure. to this yeah, one. Yeah, and, yeah. You've got, you've got a lot, you got a lot of history. You got a lot of experience with different <laughs> had, groups. Yeah. I've had some samples, you yeah. know, so I get to this one, no one really talks to me and it was like, I don't know, snowing and 10 degrees and it's like dark at 6 p.m. on a Tuesday now in October. So people have like headlamps on and they're so fast. Like we did like 2000 repeats and I was like so far in last place, never mind mid pack. I was so far in last 
And I, I had, had a coach at the time. I remember getting in the car and calling him and being like, I, who, who are, who are these people? Like this, who are these people? <laughs> I, I, and then I'm kind of like a moth to a flame to situations like that. Like, I'm like, Ooh, like one, I want to be as fast as them too. Like I'm going to make them know my name. Like they didn't even ask me. They're just too, too into their right. own. So, um, yeah, I was like, I was the slowest one. My coach was like, you weren't the slowest. You were the one with the most potential. Um, so and yeah, oh, that's a good coach. Coach. yeah, you can steal that line if you want to. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. yeah. <laughs> taking, taking notes yeah. right now. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I wanted to be like the people here. I wanted to dress like the people here. I wanted to be as fast as them and I wanted them to know me, um, for whatever reason. And so I ended up moving back here. Um, and, and then slowly, um, and did a lot of networking. So I'm like, uh, this is like, um, it's interesting. I had an amazing yoga community in, in Rhode Island. And that was one of the scariest things, um, for me to leave was like, wow, like probably the one thing that feels so good in my life right now is just community. Um, even though I feel done with this particular, um, like, arena and I want to try something new and I want to maybe live somewhere else. And, you know, I felt stuck in a lot of ways. I was just like, wow, but what if I never have community like this again? Um, cause I had created that. Um, mm. and, um, so I came to Bozeman and I, I just don't, I, I see a lot of people moving to a new place and like out of just like immediately without seeing what's there trying to start something. There's yeah. People that are just like entrepreneurs or, you know, um, that's their, they're just like natural leaders. Um, but I still like, you got to see what's there. You know, if they're don't, don't create a community if it already exists. So I stayed, I, sure. yeah. So I did like a lot of like networking when I got here and, um, volunteered at like every local race. And I, I wanted to meet like, you know, the owner of the local run shop and, um, and yeah, like, what's the deal? Why, why isn't there a trail running group here? And, um, yeah. So, uh, it was after a year of being here. Um, it started with a group text actually just, um, like a Saturday, like snowstorm. <laughs> um, I think it was like in February or something. I like group texted the people that I, I like finally I had met after the course of a year and was like, so want to go for a run on Saturday. Um, and out like 20 people, all 20 people showed up and then, yeah, we started making a regular thing basically. Yeah. Very cool. And like, is it, is it just any, what's the, I mean, I guess what's the focus of the, of, of the Bozeman Run Club or you guys, it's obviously it's, it's trail, trail specific. Um, is it, is it a bunch of ultra runners? There's a little bit of everybody. And, and like, what is, uh, it just give us a, a, like, give me a weekly breakdown of, of, of what kind of events you guys are putting on or what kind of runs you guys are putting on on a we, weekly um, basis. Yeah. So Bozeman Run Club, like, I think, um, Bozeman Run Club is, is a, sat, just a Saturday, uh, trail run, uh, mostly, oh, cool. yeah, yeah, mostly yeah. trail, um, except in the winter, it's just hard to be on the trail. So we do like a lot of dirt roads and stuff. Yeah. We do rotating locations. Um, so not to crowd one trailhead every Saturday, um, and like share the space. Um, and, but it's become more than just the Saturday group. I think like coming, um, so like what was missing was just like a really dedicated person to do it because, st and like any, like, 
any community organizer knows that it's just so much work and commitment. And it has to be like such a soul project for you. Um, and there just wasn't anyone here besides uh, Jamie Bruce on Tuesday nights, but you know, it's a different thing. It's track night, which we now bring, we bring, I feel like I bring all the slackers to her group and it's awesome. I bring all the like <laughs> slow ultra runners to the track group. She, and you nice. know, she loves it. And she also now comes to the Saturday group. And so, um, Bozeman's like small enough where we, we've all just kind of like merged together. And now, you know, there's a Friday morning group that, that is community, popped up. That is what community is all about though. You know, totally. like that's how, how it should be. You know, if, if you're providing a service that doesn't exist, you should be able to, it should be able to mingle and co-mingle and like the group should be able to kind of come together. Um, but I did, I did cut you off. You were talking about a, a Friday group that you guys do now. Oh no. Yeah. It's, it's someone else from the group. You know, I don't wake, I don't run. I'm not an Alpine start person. I don't like leave my house before like 10 AM. So, you know, there are people that wanted a Friday morning group. So someone started a Friday morning group and it's Friday fun run, but like it really all is Bozeman run club. It's all the same people. And, um, yeah, since, um, my work with John has been a little bit more, I've been doing a lot of traveling. And so I, I, I did Bozeman run club like solo for two years. Um, and, love it, but like felt it was like really hard to, um, as I was traveling more for John G, um, just to like manage everything myself. So, um, now we are, um, now we're a 501 C three and we have like 10 rotating group leaders and, um, yeah, it really feels like this, um, like collectively run community and it's, and it works. So it's pretty awesome. That's right. Yeah, that's really cool. And so, you know, it's, it's yeah. evolved into a not-for-profit, which is, which is amazing. And then, you know, from your lead, you know, you just mentioned like there's, there's 10 people who have been empowered to take a leadership role in the group. And and you said that there's, you know, upwards of 50 people show up for your group. Sorry, room, I missed so your, uh, not... the, the uh, recording cut out there. I didn't miss your question. Oh, no, I was just saying like, you've got, you know, you've got 10 people that are now empowered to, to help take the lead with the group. And you know, you have upwards of 50 people showing up. That's, that's not a small, small group of trail runners. That's like, uh, it's really cool to go from, you know, zero to zero to, to not for profit with multiple, you know, multiple days and, and, and 50 plus plus members showing yeah, up on sorry. a regular yeah, basis. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, cutting it's out like again, a, but I, I think I got the gist of the, um, yeah, we, yeah, we a, try to be as inclusive as, as possible. Um, we, so it's like an all, I, I guess I never answered your question. It's an all levels group. Um, and we don't, a lot of groups of run clubs will do like no drop style runs. And I don't mind those once in a while, but I also find that like the fast people never get to run. Like they're, they're stopping all the time and having to wait long periods of time. And the slower people like also don't like people waiting on them. It's like, yeah, there's like a lot of anxiety. So we do just, um, you can come and you run as far as you want, as fast as you want. And, um, and usually there's like different, um, courses you can do. And then we, we always have snacks. It's like very important at Bozeman Run Club that there's like snacks and drinks at the end so that everyone regroups. And that's like where the community is like built. Um, so, you know, there's some people that come out and hike, and then there's some people that are running like seven minute miles for 20 miles. Um, so like the range is huge, uh, with the people sure. that come and, um, yeah, we just, I think, um, I think in general, like 
it's mostly runners in their 20s and 30s, 40s. Um, there's like a couple other groups in Bozeman that are like trend older and um, which I think it's like, yeah, some people, I can go on a whole nother tangent about inclusivity and, but yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, yeah. And I imagine like, I mean, not to, you know, not to call, I imagine, you know, it's a, it, it's, I imagine there's only so much diversity in Bozeman in general. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, a, yeah. It's a mountain town in the mountain. It's, it's, it's a, it's a town in the North and the mountain West. So, I mean, I, I imagine your demographic is, is skewing toward the the white male. And then you probably have um, <laughs> a decent amount of females that are showing up on a regular basis. So. Yeah. I would say in general too, it's, it is people in their twenties and thirties. So this is a marketing thing too. I mean, like, you know, on our Instagram, when you go as someone who has like, you know, gone to many run clubs, I want to see the people that are there. So like, I'll go to, you know, that run club's Instagram and I'll look at the group photo. I'm like zooming in. I'm like, will I be friends with these people? Or are they like yeah. me, you know, like, um, so, and I think that's okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, we try to be as inclusive as possible, but you know, we trend towards, uh, people in their twenties and we're doing like, I don't know, I'm probably like the oldest one. <laughs> But yeah, people in their 20s and 30s, it, it trends younger. Um, so and I think that's cool. You know, it's it's getting a lot of younger people out on the trails. And and we're seeing so many people so moving to mountain towns because 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 remote work is um, so uh, normal now. So we're getting a lot of people here from, you know, moving here from Chicago and maybe they don't have as much, you know, mountain experience. And um, so I think um yeah, also teaching people, you know, things like leave no trace and um, like if you don't use it, you lose it. And just some of the, the, um, yeah, the etiquette around uh, using public spaces. So. Yeah, to totally. And it's, it's interesting. You make up a really, you bring up a really good point because there's people that they want to be in the trails. They want to be out there, you know, but they don't have, like, if you move from Chicago, I, I've been to Chicago, there's only so much access, you know, like if you live in the city, there's not a lot of trail access. So you could, you could live your whole life and not understand what leave no trace means. And so it's really nice that, that you guys can be a steward for that. And then ultimately going back to the, to the demographic, like it's so important that we get young people to experience the outdoors and, 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 and own their ownership of their public lands. And I think that's also like a, a really strong message to send that, you know, like you said, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. If you don't advocate for it, you won't have it. And I think that's something that, um, you know, I think everyone could do a better, it doesn't matter how good you're doing a job of it. I think everyone could do a better job of, of, of making sure that we're supporting our public lands. So that's, that's amazing. Um, let's, let's, let's tie John G into this. So what got you, how did you end up, you know, what got you into working with John G? Obviously you decided you wanted to move to Bozeman. Was it like getting the role with John G that settled you down or was it like, I've just moved to Bozeman and I got to figure out, I got to figure life out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think I'll ever, <laughs> I'm, I'll never be one of those people that makes decisions based off of their career. Um, so yeah, I knew that I needed, uh, obvi obviously <laughs> <laughs> I needed to be in Bozeman. I needed to meet these people and, and be like these people and then, you know, figure the rest out. So, you know, I had the nonprofit, uh, well, that didn't make any money. Um, but I was still, so I was still, I still had an online, um, yoga clothing company at the time, um, that I actually was running from the road for all of 2019. Um, 
and was still doing that when I moved to Bozeman, although it was not doing, oh, and then COVID hit. So I moved here. That was another thing. I was like starved for Mm. community and friends after a year on the road. And I was like, yes, I can't wait to land in Bozeman and make some friends and really start like, you know, real community roots. And, you know, like, my online business was weird. I was just like leaking money all year long um, because, you know, I was on the road. So whatever. Um, And I was like, okay, we're going to pull this thing back together. And then COVID hit. So (laughs) um, my, (laughs) the yoga industry in general tanked. I mean, no one could go to yoga studios. I lost a lot of wholesale accounts and I was like, wow, wow, this is not good at all. (laughs) Excuse me. So I, for the first time, like it, since college was like, I think I need to get a job. Um, you know, I just left a place like where I grew up, where I have all these connections, but I'm not moving. So I'm in a new place. I don't know anyone. My business is tanked and there's, you know, COVID lockdown. So, <coughs> um, so I started looking for jobs and I quickly found out that, um, it was a lot harder than I thought. <laughs> find a job. Um, I didn't have, you know, like I was a small business owner for 10 years in my, it was very humbling. So in my mind, I was like, Oh, like any, anyone will hire me. Like I've opened a few stores and I've had my own, you know, online company, but no, like turns out (laughs) corporate world, like they just speak a completely different language and I didn't have any of that experience. And then also for like a small, I, you know, the, the college girl managing the dress shop on main street. She's not hiring me either. She doesn't want to deal with me I'm too old, <laughs> um, an experience. Like, so, um, I had a really hard time and, uh, yeah, it was, that was we went down to a low period there. Um, but then a friend sent me the, um, the John G job. Um, and John G is like, it was like a perfect fit. There were small company, uh, like 15 people now, but a f- I mean, it'll be two and a half years. So two and a half years ago, it was probably like, I don't know, eight of us or something, eight people. And so they really needed, um, someone in marketing that could wear many hats and coming from a small business background. Like that's what, that's basically what a small, that's what, that's you, what do. you do. You wear, yeah. you're like kind of good. Do. And a lot of things. And so and that's what they yeah, needed. Yeah. You're, you're a Jane, you, 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 they needed a Jane of all <laughs> trades and you're like, I'm, I'm your girl. Yeah. Cause I know, I, I know from personal experience, uh, you, you wear all the hats until it's so painful. Yeah. And then when it's, once it gets so painful that you're like, okay, these two things of the 25 things I'm doing, I need to train someone else yeah. to do. And you just slowly offload and build your team out. But it's basically like, you just, you just, you just lift the weight up and you hold the weight up as long as humanly yeah. possible. That's, that's being, that's being an entrepreneur and you know, totally, that totally. And well, you know what, so. like in this transition yeah. to working for a company, which John G's just like, I, I feel like so lucky, um, because they've been in such an amazing fit. Um, it was like an interesting process to really think about what I'm best at. So like, cause I spent so many years doing everything. Mm. It's like, <sighs> We, we struggle a little bit, like the co-founder, Mike, um, we struggle a little bit to find out like, like, uh, cause they were, I wasn't filling like a new, um, someone's position, you know, it was like they, they're growing. So, you know, they're carving out a position for me and I could make that sort of what, you know, it is yeah. now. 
Um, but at the time, we did struggle a little bit. And, and Mike just reassured me. He's like, so I read this book where this entrepreneurial book, it's like, you just got to get the good people on the bus. You can find their seat later, but just mm-hmm. like get them on the bus. And he's like, don't worry, Kyle, we're, we're yeah. going to find your seat. <laughs> we got you on the bus and I'm stoked. So, um, yeah, so we have, I've, <laughs> um, that's been really cool for me to like learn about myself and my skills and, um, what I can bring to John G. And it's been like an awesome journey with them. I know the book you're talking about and. Hey, well- Oh yeah. Jim Collins. It's a Jim Collins. It's a Jim Collins book. So it's, it's called, uh, concepts for its first two than what that's the concept. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, I've, I've read, I've read the same book and when you were saying it, I was like, Oh, I know this book. So, um, yeah, that's, that's true. Entrepreneurial grit. I love hearing it because as someone who's experienced it myself, it's nice to like, I don't know, like just misery loves company in these situations. <laughs> um, uh, and it's really cool. Cause, and I wanted to actually, what I wanted to ask you is when you were thinking about the role, did you look back and say, did you, were you able to kind of like take a, a step back and say, okay, here's what John G needs. Here are the things that I really liked to do. Like, did you get to ask yourself that question? Like when I was running my own business, when I was developing my own apparel line, these are the things that I like really, really love doing. And is that how you carved your niche in the organization? Did you say like, I really like, this aspect, whether it's like setting up the photo shoots or dealing with the, you know, finding the talent to be, to, to be a part of the brand on the brand side and the brand marketing side is like, is that how you went about carving out your role? Or was it more like, I am going to just do all the things until I figure out where, you know, where, where I'm the strongest in the organization? Yeah. I think a little bit of both actually. Um, sure. And, you know, I, I was coming off, I, 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 I knew that I, um, you know, just also coming out of like the yoga industry and figuring out like what I wanted to do in general, like before even, you know, applying for the John G position, um, was, you know, I, I didn't even like, yeah, like having community building. It's like, you know, one of those things where, where I, I don't know, previously maybe thought, I thought that it was just kind of lucky that, you know, in Newport, I had this like awesome community and didn't realize that there were certain skills that I had. And that was like a strength of mine until I did it again. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Maybe it wasn't luck. Maybe I do have some skills here, um, that lend itself to, you know, leaning into that area. Um, so I also had come off a year of networking in the trail running space. Like I had been to all those run clubs, um, and I had met a lot of mm, interesting. people in the space and, um, and yeah. I obsessed over it and I moved to a place where there's lots of trail runners and John, she's a, um, Boston based company. And so, um, they, at the time, um, we're, we're now, we're, I mean, we're still working on this, just like leaning into tr- the trail running space and gaining credibility and legitimacy, um, in that world. And uh, I was like, I, I told I told them, I was like, you need me out here. You need someone out West. Like you, you can't, you, you can't be like gaining legitimacy in the trail running space in Somerville, Massachusetts. Like you need some people out here (laughs) in the ground. Yeah. On the ground. And, um, yeah. And like with other trail runners. So yeah. And, and, um, so I think, yeah, I, I think it's been, it's an amazing company like that because, um, there's this back and forth where I, I, I want to do the things I enjoy, but I also want, I want to make sure I'm doing the things that I'm best suited for. Um, so, uh, I think we've, yeah, yeah. we found that balance, um, 
in the company. Yeah, spoken like a true operator. I'd be, I'll be real with you. Like that's uh, it's music to my ears when I hear stuff like that because it's hard to. You want to do all the things, but you realize you're like, there's someone else that's going to be better at doing this than me. And these are the things that I'm strong at. And if I stick to my strengths, we grow, we grow, we grow together. We grow better together if I can just stick to my strengths. Um, just to clarify for the audience, the book is called Good to Great. So it just came to my to my head. Jim Collins, Good to Great. <laughs> yeah. If you've never read it, Kyla, it's a great book. I definitely I highly suggest it. it. No. Um, obviously, you're, obviously, your CEO enjoyed it too. So it's yeah, definitely yeah. one of those like, you got to be like a like a business entrepreneurial type to even like to, to enjoy the first paragraph, you know, excuse me, I got something in my throat, <clears throat> but yeah, it's definitely one of those, like if you're trying to grow a company, it's a great book to listen to. So, um, no, that's really cool. And I've always like, I mean, you see John G there, you guys are doing good work. You know, the, the, the people that you're aligning in the trail space around the brand, um, are really authentic. It's really authentic. The stories that they're telling for the brand is really authentic. And, um, you know, from what I can see, I haven't had a chance, uh, to actually use any of the, the, um, any of, any of the brand's clothing, but, uh, it looks top notch. It looks like really, well, really I have quality. to send you some like Troy, of, you're um, talking to the right intention. person. Oh yeah. What's up? Look at that. Nice. There you go. You don't get what you don't <laughs> ask for, but yeah, I would love to check it out. And on top of it, it seems like there was a lot of intention put into design for the trail line. Like, so there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of like good, like things a part of the, the, the design that went into it as opposed to just like, let's put out a pair of shorts and a, and a top, you know? So, um, yeah, I say we're a pocket company. Yeah, that really makes cool. shorts. Nice. A pocket company that makes shorts, man. That's a good one. I'm going to write that down too. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like to just so the audience knows I take, I take little notes here. So when I make the show notes, you guys can get access to all the fun stuff that happened on the pod. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. And I'm glad you, obviously it sounds like you, you landed exactly where you needed to be. And I, I can tell you the startup is like where you want to be, you know, from your, just, just from hearing like your, your, that the, the last, you know, 30 minutes of the pod and really unpacking like your story and, and in your history with entrepreneurship, like that, that hit the ground running startup, that's where you're going to shine. And it's, uh, I'm excited to see, um, you know, where you're able to help add value to, to the John Joe organization. So. One other thing, if you are not a free trail pro member, you are missing out. I love the free trail community and have been a member from the beginning. We all love trail culture. I would guess that you love trail races because the community around this amazing sport is second to none. Well, that's how I feel about the free trail community. With the Free Trail Pro subscription, you can bring the trail running community you love everywhere you go. You get access to the Free Trail Slack community, training plans, weekly office hours that feature special guests, exclusive member-only content, early access to merch drops, and so much more. From training and gear questions to getting inspiration from the epic adventures and races that members are doing, the Free Trail community is the place to be. Start your free trial today at freetrail.com. After that, it's only $96 a year for membership. If you are a fan of what Free Trail is doing for our sport, that is a small price to pay to support some of the best written, visual, and audio content in trail and ultra running. I hope to see you in the Free Trail Slack community. And when you introduce yourself, mention the Midpacker Pod. 
let's move into the stuff that you're doing, Kyla, because like, honestly, I look at the races, you sent me a, a couple races that you've done this year, and I'm just like, okay, so this girl likes to do hard stuff. Like, let's just like be real here. Um, you know, really, really, really hard things. Um, you... It, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is all that this is all what happened this year. So you ran the the Bighorn 50 miler, you ran the Crazy Mountain 100 miler, you ran the Mongolian 42k, and then you just finished the Bear 100. Is that that was the calendar for this year? Yeah, yeah. And then also we do this uh, three day run from Bozeman to Yellowstone. Um, my uh, friend Mallory and I uh, created this. It's called the Scummy Summer Slammer, uh, and that's 80 miles uh, with like. Uh, 22,000 elevation gain. It's over three days. It is awesome. Um, and that was a a couple of weeks before crazy 100. Oh yeah. So we're going to unpack this now because this was not, this was not in what you sent over to me. This is awesome. So let's talk about the scummy summer slam. Um, is it, you guys stop at campgrounds? Is there like, do you guys book hotels? Like what's the, what's the format for this? It is so awesome. Troy, you're going to want to come. So this is a free thing we do. It's like, it's not a race. Um, and it's all community like organized. So we do it over three days. Um, it's a point to point each day. Uh, first day is around 50 K second day is around a 50 K and the third day is like a 30 K in between. Um, we camp. And so any, all the runners have, um, crew. And, um, so, you can participate in this event like in like a numerous different ways. You can run, you don't have to run all three days. You can run one day, you can run two days, you can run all three days and then, um, or you can crew. So the crews, they go to, you know, the first night they set up camp, they set up um, like all the tents and they cook together, um, which I like get everyone doing like a big potluck community style dinner. Um, and they wait for the runners to come in. It is, and we just have a party that night. And then the next morning, the crew sends up, sends us off some of the crew too. I mean, like, cause like, like I said, like, you know, Bozen run club, we want, do we want to like cater to all abilities? So like, if you're only running three miles, like, cool, come crew, come hang out and camp with us. And in the morning you can do, yeah. you know, do a little out and back with the, with the runners, send them off. A lot of people do that. And then they go to the next, um, crew spot. So, um, yeah, second day, uh, it, it, it- and is, is it self-supported during the running? Yeah. So the crew just kind of, all the crew does is make sure that there's like beds, that there's, there's tents set up and there's food when you get yeah, done, right? So beer. all the crew has to do is the, the evening duty. Yeah. Food and beer. Nice. And the evening duties and in between then they get to do they They can do whatever they yeah, want. Right. Yeah. So, so, and we try, we've done it no, that's for awesome. three years in a row. Now it like the first year we did it, it was just like seven of us that we just, we just like wanted to do this thing. Um, and then, yeah, last year, I don't know, grew to like 30 people total and we have to cap it because of, you know, forest service, um, regulations and stuff. We can't be more than 75 people, but that's like kind of the sweet spot anyway. Um, more than that, it's just like, it's too overwhelming and we're just, it's just too much. Um, so, um, but yeah, it's the same sort of thing, like natural pace groups form. So it's not like, you know, 50 people on a trail disrupting backpackers or anything like that. Um, but it's a, it's like a a true adventure day. And, you know, I think people get a little competitive at the end of the day and like, you know, I just want to like show off, but for the most part, it's not competitive and, you know, we're, you know, sitting down, eating lunch and enjoying, um, like the, the trails we're on are incredible. Um, 
where you just go along the Gallatin Crest Trail. And yeah, third day is a little shorter. So that's a really popular day for people to pop in for one day. Um, and then there, the trails end right at this, um, it's a, it's called 320 Guest Ranch. They have all these cabins. Um, so the last day, um, we do like a big lunch there and there's like hot showers for people and, um, yeah, give out stupid awards and stuff. So it's pretty fun. Oh man. Community organizing, community organizing at its finest. Yes, I am. <laughs> I mean, I am, I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking notes because for one, I want to make sure that I can have these notes in the show notes. I imagine there's no website for this. This is definitely something no, where you have to know so, to go. And yeah. on to- you, we do yeah. have a, uh, so just a, so you guys know, an application that's pretty funny. Um, and we like encourage you like, you know, you can send us an essay. We did have to like have, we had like a, a waiting list this year. Um, so, and we try, it's going to be, we have to, we do have to figure out like, um, some kind of like, yeah. Um, you need a, you need a funnel. You're going to need a little fill a funnel here. You need a filter at this point, right? Well, yeah. I mean, so we had a wait list. Everyone ended up getting in. It's free. So it's like, you know, a lot of people, then, you know, half the people get injured that time of the summer anyway. So they're out. Um, sure. but yeah. yeah, we had some people fly in this year. Um, and yeah, we'll have to come up with some Man. kind of lottery system, I think. And, and one of the things we're definitely, you have to do a day of trail work in order to apply, um, for next year. So like, that's one thing we're going to start doing. And, um, yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, everyone has to save, like, sign a waiver. And, you know, if you die, it's not on us. Sorry, this is a self-supported thing. Um, yeah, we, we're inspired by the Barkley in, in lots of ways, creating the event. So, like, we have, like, certain traditions. I wake everyone up with a megaphone every every morning and heckle everyone until they're out of bed and on the trail. Um, things like that. Uh, Mallory, my co-organizer, yeah, so, she always... Sounds like you have... She does a, um, we do like a pre, like pre-run meeting, uh, the week of, and like, she always goes like over the top with safety and like scaring people. Like, and you can't tell if she's kidding, like she's not kidding, but she like does go over the top, like explaining different ways you could die. Um, so that's also just tradition just to expect that. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a run we're really proud of. Mm. That's really cool. It sounds like you, sounds like you and your, your, your co-lead have a lot of fun with that. And that's, that's really what it's all. It sounds like that's really what it's all about. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm like taking notes totally. cause like what I need to do after this is I'm going to get off this call with you and then I'm going to go down and talk to my wife and explain to her why we need to be in Bozeman at this time during, and this is all the things. And so like I can get her kind of on board with, yeah. with the concept. It's so, so fun. yeah, you, you've definitely it's planted so a seed, Kyla. Um, and so you, yeah. And so you did this 50K, 50K, 30K from Bozeman to Yellowstone. And this was how how many days before Bear? Um, the Bear? We actually liked it. Uh, oh, so uh, that was before the crazy. I mean, I also ran like another. Like, oh, before crazy mountain. Race and so I ran big. Yeah. Bighorn 50. I feel like this isn't that a lot of runners do this stuff. <laughs> they, I, I did Bighorn 50. That was like yep. June, late June. And then two weeks after that, I ran, um, bang tail divide. And it's like a local race. That was like 20, 24 mile race. And then after that would have been scummy, which was second week of July. The crazy 100 was the last weekend of July. So it was two weeks later. And then, um, 
gosh. And then I think there was like a month off and then uh, the Mogian uh, 42K was like two weeks. Would have been like peak week before the Bear 100, which was, when was that? I don't know. September. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. You just finished. <laughs> it was all like in a four-month span. It wasn't, wasn't all that long ago. Yeah, yeah it's all in four that's months. These, I mean, that's, it was like I raced I'm, I'm like... Look, I'm looking... Oh, go ahead. Uh, I, I, it, it's like it totals to like a little over... I think it's over 300 miles of racing in uh, four months. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, I'm looking at more of like the architecture of like when you put like for me when I'm thinking about like big back to back to back days, like kind of like this 80k adventure, right? It's like the perf for me. It's like perfectly placed five weeks, four to five to six to four to six weeks before like a, an A goal. You know, like I would I would almost intentionally do something like this at that time period. So I could like reap the benefits of all the volume and then like still show up fresh. Yep. And I'm just kind of like, Oh, two weeks before. Okay. That's like, that's a good, I mean, I would cook, I would cook Kyle. I would cook myself if I did this two weeks before, like a goal, a goal hundred <laughs> miles. So um, really, yeah, was, re- yeah, really, really, reason. really cool though. Yeah. No, you, you obviously uh, recover, really, you obviously recover well from big efforts. So the scummy slammer is such good training for a hundred. Um, and the other thing about it is I shouldn't be selling it cause there's already too many people that want to do it. But, um, you know, if you don't, there's a lot of people that think they're going to do three days and they do like the first day and then they're like, never mind, <laughs> I'm not, I'm crewing <laughs> night two or whatever. And then maybe they hop back in for day three. There's just like no pressure, you know, you could just go back to town. It's yeah. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of people that, we always have one person that goes to the hospital too. <laughs> oh, well, that's ho- ho- crossing my Last fingers. Last year with a dog no, that's, bite. I mean, that's really, it's a, oh, well, that's not too bad. That's, that's actually really cool. I love that. And obviously like it made so much sense with just the community organizing that you do, that, that you guys would have this like amazing, you know, multi-day fat ass that y'all do as, and it's really just about bringing the community, community together, excuse me, and, and having a really good time doing it. So, um, Okay. So I want to talk about crazy mountain. This race came onto my calendar, uh, or at least in, into my purview, um, this year. And that's, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a Montana race. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's gnarly. Yeah. It's beautiful. And yeah. You should do it. it and the, the, not like it matters, but the buckle game is on point. That is for sure. Um, yeah, it's a, totally. it's a beautiful buckle. Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw that and I was now I'll, I'll, I'll make the, uh, I'll make the audience look it up if if they're interested and I'll definitely link to it and I'll, I'll link to a link to the race in the show notes. Um, but that's, that's a, that's a definitely a hard race. It's on, on paper. It's, you know, it's on, you know, it's done it somewhat, somewhat near altitude. It's got a ridiculous amount of climbing. Um, yeah, that's, that, that looks like a, a really long, you know, for me, it would be a really long day and a half to two days in the mountains. So, um, yeah, it's super how that race, how that race end up going for you? Um, oh, I'm definitely signing up again. I am obsessed with the race. Um, the race director, Megan DeHaan, any race director that sent, that prints out race photos of every single finisher and handwrites a note congratulating you. I'm like, sign me up for that race. So she, she, mm. 
um, puts a lot of time and heart into just, you know, making this race as, as awesome as she can. Um, and a lot of it is on private land. And so, um, yeah, you wouldn't be able to run some of this stuff without being in the race, which is really cool. Um, so, um, this was my second hundred. <clears throat> uh, the first one I attempted was, um, back East, uh, the mid state ultra and I DNF'd at mile 96. It was a very sad day. Um, oh, and so, brutal. yeah, <laughs> I, um, very brutal. Yeah. Very brutal. Um, yeah. So I was very determined on finishing, um, the crazy 100 was, yeah. Uh, and also <clears throat> there's just something just about it being like, you know, home court advantage is like, I don't know. I had, that's to me, what makes this race so special is like when I, uh, Bozeman run club, um, does, uh, organizes a sunlight aid station at mile like 60 something. And so coming into that aid station, it felt like it was like a surprise birthday party or something. I was like all these people uh, that I was like, Oh my gosh, you're here. Wait, you're volunteering. You're here. And like, it was just so fun. And the vibe was so high. And, um, so to have like so many people, um, that I like train with and that I like, you know, have really helped me, um, yeah, like learn about the sport, um, are just, it's, it's nice to have their support there. So, um, and, and all the aid stations, so aid stations rock, um, the, it's so beautiful. The crazy mountain range is incredibly beautiful. Um, and it's really hard. So everyone should check this race out. It's badass. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's really awesome when you have a lot of people hanging out at aid station for you, especially at that hundred K plus anywhere in the hundred, anywhere plus the hundred K mark in a, in a hundred miler, uh, just so much, you know, good, the good vibes are real and it's definitely needed. And, and that's, that's just amazing. Um, that's how it used to be for, for me for Lake Sonoma 50 when I lived in, in Sonoma County. I, there's a, there's one aid station that I, I, I would run into and it like, I remember running with a guy and he was just like, like, are you like faint? He like looked at me, he like turned around because he was running right in front of me. He's like, are you like famous or something? I was like, no, I just have like a dozen. I just got to have, have a dozen homies and at the state station. <laughs> yeah. All my friends are here. Yeah. So, um, yes, and yes. I love that, that feeling. It gives me a little, I get, I'm getting mini goosebumps just thinking about those feels. Yeah. Cause that's like, that's kind of really, to so me, it's cool. like kind of what it's all about is the community just showing up for you. So. Yeah. And then I think, you know, that the last 20 miles was, um, super rough and, and I got like sort of what I went there for, um, which is like the, I think the same thing that like, um, interested me so much about Kundalini yoga and some of those super, I mean, like, you know, the audience doesn't know, but like, there's these like long three day, like full day meditations where you gotta sit there all day. It's very much like, an ultra marathon like everything starts to hurt and like you sit there long enough and I don't know like the connection to your own mind just becomes like amplified so I'd say like it's a super similar mm, yeah. experience in the last 20 miles where like you're just you've been doing you've been moving for so long like meditation you've been sitting for so long but and I'm running I'm just ah, oh, I've been running for so long and everything hurts and um yeah, getting like went to like a super low, um, 
And then, yeah, like I was in second place for most of the race. Um, and I am usually a mid-packer. So this was really exciting for me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in second. And like my goal was to finish this race. And so um, I was dying like a slow death at mile like 80 or something like that. And I needed like lay down, but I also was super paranoid. I was going to get passed. I didn't want to get passed and like negative self-talk and all that. Uh, And, um, and then it happened. I got freaking passed and something exciting happened, which was my mind, my mindset just completely changed. And then this one passed me and now I'm in third and there's only a half marathon to go. And I suddenly felt no pain anymore. And I'm, I turned into a whole new person and then like went and just like sprinted. Yeah. Right. It was probably like 11 minute mile, but like, it felt like I was sprinting, (laughs) um, this last half marathon and ended up passing her back. But, um, for me, I'm like, how, how can I get, how can I make that mindset how can I do that shift without the external stimulus? Like, how can I, Mm, how can I make that happen for myself without having a girl pass me like that? That's what I want to practice. Like, that's what's so exciting for me about, um, yeah, Yeah. at the bear, I want, I was like, okay, you like, when you get to that place, like we're, we're going to shift things around. Um, yeah, Mm. I didn't win in, I didn't win the battle with my mind at the bear, but you know, that's why we're signing up for more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's why all, all the next day you forgot about all yeah. the pain and you're ready to find <laughs> the next one. Right. Um, that's an, it's a definitely interesting, um, you know, story from, from crazy mountain because it is, it's crazy how the external, how the external can really like shift how you feel internally and sometimes like you said it takes it took that woman passing you and you're just like okay it just snapped you back um and then sometimes like like you said it's like how can you create those triggers for yourself maybe it's not an internal trigger maybe you have to create like an external trigger maybe you have to create like and that's kind of if you go back to like some of the the work that's done in yoga and some of the work that's done in like just kind of the mysticism like that's what ritual is for right so maybe there just has to be like the 80 mile pain cave ritual that, you know, obviously, you know, there are some pros that are like, that's what, that's mm-hmm. why they're pros. Cause they're just good at the ritual of I'm going to be in this place and it's going to suck and I can't wait, you know? And so it's like, how do you create like a, an external thing? I think, um, you know, for myself, I recap this on, on my grindstone recap podcast, but like I left mile 73 aid station after seeing my son for, 10 minutes and like really like soaking up his vibes. And he, he's seven, if you don't, he's 17 months old. So we sat, he sat on my lap and I fed him PB and J's from, from, from the aid station. And, and like, I left that aid station, it was pouring rain. It was during a hurricane. I just like looked at my, and I'm like, I started yelling at myself. I'm just like, dude, are you ready? Like, are you ready? And I had been through this huge low point to get there and I just turned it on. And like, all of a sudden, like I ran the last 50, the last, whatever it was, it ended up being like about 50 K. And I'm like, I ran it well. And it wasn't like, you know, running out of my mind. I was kind of running out of my mind, but I wasn't like running like crazy fast. Like you said, like I sprinted and I, like, I, I was running like 11 minute <laughs> miles. Right. But, um, it's interesting. Cause like I had to, I had to like tell, I had to claw myself out of that space, you know, like I had to like go through something in myself and I had to tell myself, like I had to verbally out loud, yell at myself and say, you know, are you mm-hmm. ready? This is what you signed up for. Let's go. Like, let's go, Troy, let's go. And, um, it's interesting that you said that, like, it took the woman passing you for you to find that. And then now you're like, 
now I'm on this journey because the journey is how do I figure out how to tap into that? Like at will, like when yeah. I need to, when I need to go deep, how do I figure out how to tap into that? And that's ultimately, I mean, to me, that is the journey. That's what we're, that's what we're doing all yeah, this it's for. It's so exciting and interesting. In, and yeah, know? yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so let's talk about the bear and then we'll start winding down. I think, um, you know, the, the bears, it's a hard race. Uh, let me ask you before we get into the bear, like, are you, you're signing up? Are you in the hard rock lottery? I did, did you put yeah. your name in yet? <laughs> yeah, that's what's up. Me too. So good on you. And I, I mean, for any listeners that don't know, um, you know, we need more women like you, Kyla, doing that because we need to get the, those numbers in, in the lottery for hard rock. We know we, we need to keep raising the bar there. And I think uh, it's important. And I've had, com- I had a conversation with a woman. She was third at Hellbender, not the year I ran it this year, but last year. And I ended up on a randomly ended up on a run with her. And I was like talking to her about Hellbender because I was like, I need some beta. And she like gave me all kinds of great intel. Um, but she, I was like, so you, you know, she ended up, she had finished um, Cruel Jewel. And I was like, and you're, you're going to put your, you're going to put your name into the, into the hard rock lottery. And she's like, oh, I don't know. I was like, you should. And here's why, you know, even if you don't plan on running the race, like you should, because you are going to, Every every new woman that puts their name in the race means there's another opportunity for a woman yeah. to run the race. And she's like, oh, I had no idea. I didn't realize that. And so now she's like, oh, of course I'll put my name into the hat. So I just – I had to ask just to be like, I want to see – I, I want to see you run Hard Rock for sure. But I also no just want to see that women's totally. participation at that, at, at that, at that event. So um, – but let's get into the bear. I've had friends that ran that race and I've had friends that like suffered mightily to get it done. It's It's – it's not easy. It's a very, very, very hard yeah, thing to yeah. do. Yeah, so, a lot of people told me um, it was going to be easier than crazy. Um, and I was like, don't say that. Like, I don't want to go into the race thinking this is going to be easier. <laughs> Hundreds are hard. Um, and it was not easier. So I'm um, just going to pop that myth right now. It's not an easier race than crazy. Um different it's hard in a different way it's way more runnable actually um that the trails are you know nice and nice single track and um you know that race is this was the 25th year the race has been around so um yeah it's crazy it's like super technical and then maybe you're running through a cow field with like high grass like it's just not a fast it's hard and, and like your feet are wet the whole time um the bear because it's so runnable i think um, yeah, it's hard in a different way. So I, um, you know, I didn't know how my body was going to feel after all the racing that I had done, um, over the summer and didn't really care either. I was kind of like, I just felt so good about the summer, um, and what I accomplished. Like I'm, you know, I'm new at this. So, um, I was like, well, I'm signed up. Uh, John G pays for my races. So, you know, why not? <laughs> I'll just, I'll just, uh, you know, if I can finish it, if I can get through it, then I can throw my name for hard rock. That's like the intent. That was my intention. And also like, I have a, like a brotherly relationship with, yeah, my, my best friend training partner. Um, we just joke around all the time. So my, my main goal is just to beat him, <clears throat> which I did. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I was calling him a little bitch. Um, so he, yeah. Um, I, and I also wanted to try some new things. That was the other thing. I was like, Oh, cool. This is like just an, an opportunity to try some different things. So yep. I wanted to try going out faster. I 
uh, most people go out too fast in their races. I just have a problem where I'm just too scared to go fast at the beginning. So, um, it's like there, that's like an, I, I need your problem. I know Most people do like, you just have to stop, <laughs> uh, believing in yourself. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I, I think like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just, I go out so conservatively. So I'm like, okay, like I'm going to try to go out a little harder and see what happens. And then I also wanted to try not having a pacer for most of it. Um, because I'm, I'm like more of, um, I don't, I, yeah, I, I, I'm extroverted, um, mainly. And I also feel this like pressure to entertain whoever I'm with. I think a lot of people kind of feel this way. Mm. So I'm like, yeah, would yeah. I just like, wouldn't I just save a bunch of energy, like not having someone there? I won't feel this. There's this like guilt, like, oh gosh, I've got a, I'm in such a bad place right now. I don't want to talk to them. And that's fine. I'm, I'm fine saying I don't want to talk to you right now, but then I can't turn the thing off. It says like, I feel bad. <laughs> I feel bad that I'm not talking to them. Um, so anyway, what an experiment with all that. And, um, Oh, what happened? I don't know. I, my body that it just hurt a lot. My body hurt from like 20 miles on. Um, and I was just like problem solving the whole time. It was like really different than crazy, crazy. I just like had this low and I came at like mile 80, but like everything else felt okay. Um, the bear, like, just like, it was beautiful course. So beautiful course. Wow. The colors of the leaves mm -hmm. and, um, just the time of year, perfect weather. Um, yeah, the bear mountains are crazy, uh, like awesome. Um, so, but I, oh yeah, I just like my whole body hurt, like different things just started hurt. Like I was like, oh, I got plantar fasciitis now apparently. And like, oh, my left knee is just like not working anymore. And so it was like 80 miles of figuring, just figuring one thing after another. Mm. Um, and so my, actually the, my co-organizer for Scummy Slammer, Mallory is the one who was going to pace me. And she was only going to pace like, I don't know, 20 miles through the night. I was just scared to be alone at night. And then I was like, I'm going to just finish by myself. That was the plan. So I could like get some alone time and see how that was going to go. But because I was in so much pain, so, so early on, I decided I'm like, okay, well F that plan. I'm just going to have Mallory with me the whole time. Like I'm a little baby and I need help. Um, then, um, she got diarrhea <laughs> while she was pacing me like really bad. Um, and she had to stop after like, I don't know, 10 miles or something, seven miles. <laughs> she like didn't go far with me. Um, so I got my, you know, the plan of like, okay, well, I guess we are going to experiment without a pacer. So I did most of the bear without a pacer. Um, and I had this moment at the finish. So I was like, there was the top 10 women were like all around each other. Like the, the first place one was like two hours ahead of us. Um, she had an awesome race, but like, the nine, nine of us were kind of like all together in a pack. That was like, Oh, it was stressful. Um, for like the whole time, like we're just all together and I didn't have a pacer and I felt like there's this like six, like the end of the bear is six miles, like downhill, like on a grade that you just don't want to be doing after 90 miles. <laughs> like it's really steep. And it's these switchbacks down, but you're looking over Bear Lake. And at the time I was finishing, the sun was just rising and I'm going down these switchbacks oh. and like the sun's rising over the lake. And it's like, you know, the, the sparkle on the, 
red leaves. Like it was so beautiful. And I don't know, I was like in so much pain and I was also alone. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? Like, I wish someone was here. Um, so I, I think I would, and I also didn't care. So my goal was top five and I was like in sixth. And I, I was like, Kyla, remember this is, this is the place you wanted to, this is where you, what did you want? This is what you wanted to practice. This is what you came here for. And then the other yeah. time I was just like, ah, oh, you just, it hurts so bad. And like six is good. Like six is so good. Like you don't need to catch number five, whatever. And then it's like, no, no, no. Like, come on, turn it on. Like last six months, I could see her. She was like a switch back in front of me. And ultimately I just, um, I didn't, I was too tired. I couldn't do it. I was just like, yeah, that's going to be a sixth place day. Like the seventh place girl was way behind me. And, um, yeah, so I still, you know, still out there to get that part of my mind. I'll get her next time. Yeah. It, it's always a work. I mean, Kyla, it's a work in progress as someone who's not even <laughs> like, uh, I'm not, I'm nowhere near the tip of the spear, you know, like I'm not even like on the, I'm, I'm like not even in, in like the upper middle half of the shaft of the spear, you know, as far as like where I end up placing in these things. Um, for one pacing a hundred miles is hard. Like I, I like, I know how to race a hundred K. I know how to race a 50 miler, at least to like my potential, you know, and like pace it and feel like I gave it my all and have a really good run on the day. I'm like, I'm like 300 milers deep and I'm just like, I still can't figure out exactly like how, I mean, obviously you're going to hit those low points, but like, how do you get from the start to the finish and just kind of like, not even keel it, but even keel it, you know, where like, you're just con, you don't ever hit like this crazy patch where you're like, I just have, I'm going to walk for, you know, 15 miles of this thing. And you're like, okay, this is not, this this is not like obviously what I signed up for or not this is like below my expectations, but it's like really, it's been very difficult for me to crack that nut. And, um, you know, I think that's all part of the journey. You know, it's, it's hard when you're 96 miles deep and everything hurts and you're like, but I can just walk I mean, it's like, why, like, does it matter if I run in hard or not? Like, I mean, I'm going to run a hundred miles today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. And now I forgot to mention, I did go out faster. Um, you know, it's still hard to say whether like, is that why I couldn't catch that, you know, girl in front of me at the end is because I went out too hard. I didn't completely bonk or I don't know, like maybe if I hadn't gone out that hard, I wouldn't have been in the top six. I, I don't know. More races yeah, to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Yeah. 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 Well, and it's also like, like for me, it's like trying to figure for me, I'm always trying to figure out like, what's the combination of like strength and prehab that I need to do in order to not have my body just feel like garbage at the end yeah. of a race, yeah. you know, cause I've also had that too, where you're like, Oh, I actually feel pretty good. I just don't have it. You know, like I, my body doesn't hurt. It just, it's just like, I just don't have the energy or I just like, I just can't, I just can't run for some yeah. reason. And so, back to back hundreds, um, like, you know, it's an interesting thing. You're, you're yeah. like tapering for two weeks or whatever your taper is. And then you run the race and then it's like two weeks recovery usually. So like, you've just gone a whole month, like doing nothing with a hundred in between and then like doing it again. So it's, yeah. So that's an interesting thing too. I was like, I'm after the, right after the bear, I was like, I'm never doing back to back hundreds again. And then of course I'm probably going to do it again this summer, but. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you, you recently, you know, you recently posted how like you were just not like having a hard time mentally, but maybe just a little bit of like the rec- 
the lack of run, like, like for me, like I like to run, I don't, I run six days a week, but I like to run. you like, I like the act of running, even if it's just an hour a day, like I like to do it. And I don't have a hard time with the taper and I didn't have, I don't, I didn't have a hard time with, cause usually I've, I feel like I put the work in. So the taper is just kind of like a way for me to say, you're like giving your body back some of that so that you can show up. Right. So it's like, and you're still running during the taper, like you don't get it twisted, but that 10 to, you know, 15 day period after the hundred miler, it's like really tough. Cause usually five days later you feel good enough to run, but you're still like, yeah, you know, you shouldn't. And I think, um, for me, I set my hundred mile, I did 200 milers this year and I did one in April and I did one in September. So I spread them out enough to where like, I didn't have the same issue you had where like I ran a hundred miler, I recovered from a hundred miler. And then I felt like I got <laughs> maybe a couple of weeks of running yeah. before I have to start take the whole process over again. And like, um, it's gotta be hard to just like mentally deal with just not being able to do what you want to do because you're, you're running, you know, you're, you're, cause you're running a hundred miles. And it's so funny. Cause like you, you said it, like everyone does it at, at mile 90. Everyone's like, do I even want yeah. to do this? Why am I doing this? Right. So it's kind of this weird thing where you're like, you're doing all this work for this goal. You're tapering. You're taking away what you really love to do in order to, 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 to complete the goal. And then during the, during the thing, you're literally having the moment where you're like, I don't know if I'm like, why am I doing it? It's like, it, it, there's something very interesting about the process of running hundred milers that if, you know, it can really wear on the, your mentality. If, running is something that you love to do. And obviously it's something you really love to do. Like, how is, how is it, how are you feeling now? Like you're a couple of weeks post to bear. I imagine you're getting back, you're back into running, but, um, you know, how was that recovery process for you? Yeah, I think, um, well, I just had a thought while you're talking like, um, about like back-to-back races and both back-to-back like hundreds and things like that. I have noticed, and I, I'm like, I would think that the bo- the body adapts. It's pretty amazing. So like my first hundred um was two years ago. Um and the one that I didn't finish, like my there were I did like a lot of things wrong. Nutrition was, you know, terrible during the race and that affects recovery, but like my feet like blew up. They were so swollen. I don't think I walked mm. for a week. And then, you know, after crazy, it was like, oh, you know, like I walked out, you know the next day to grab brunch with friends and tell them about the race. You know, like I didn't feel great, but at least I was walking around and I think I was jogging like two days later. Um, and in the bear even more so like, yeah, just even walking from the finish to my car, you know, different experience between the races. So, um, and I think, I think there might be something like just to tie it into the, the, the name of the podcast. I think there's something to like, you know, really competitive, like, um, runners doing these longer races they'll f- really focus on one you know that, that's their unless you're Courtney DeWalter but like a lot of them you know there's a one a race and there's like not too much hard sure. effort outside of that um I'm not like really trying to do that um I just love running so much and I I do love this like exploration of the mind and yeah pushing myself to my own potential in that way Um, so I, I kind of feel like, oh yeah, if I, I think the body will adapt and I don't think (laughs) it might sound crazy, but like, I don't think like a back-to-back hundred is a huge deal. I'm middle of the pack or whatever. Um, that said, yeah, like there is a low after a race. I think you just like, 
I mean, you're pumping out adrenaline and like dopamine, whatever else during the race, your body's just trying to survive and then you're depleted after. So, um, yeah, not only is it like, Oh man, I have to take time off from, you know, this, the regular dose of what keeps me sane. Um, but like, I think you're just also like coming down from a major high. Um, and so, yeah, it feels like a little bit like depression I'm out the other side now. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely a thing. Yeah, it was tough. I, and if you're like me, you consume like enough caffeine to like, you know, to keep a herd of elephants awake for, you know, four days if you, when you run a hundred miles. So, oh yeah, totally, uh, totally. Caffeine bills, give it to me. <laughs> um, so Kyla, I just, you know, we're going to, we'll, we'll start winding down here and I appreciate, um, you being so generous with your time. Uh, I wanted to, I have a couple, um, rapid fire questions that I ask people when they're on the pod. It's cool. Dude, just, you just, just answer, you can just okay. answer the questions. They're not like, they're not crazy. There's three of them. It's not a big deal, but, um, you know, I just wanted to preface you. I didn't preface you before we jumped on the call that I do rapid okay, fire okay. questions and I didn't send them to you previously cause they're pretty easy questions to answer. It's like no, no, no pressure here. Um, but I did want to, um, I just did want to say, you know, thanks for, thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for jumping on. Um, I'm excited to check out, uh, the pocket company that makes shorts. Uh, yeah, I'll send you some pockets. Also known as John shorts. G. So yeah. yeah, I appreciate that. Um, and then, so let, let's let's jump into this and then I'll give you the last word. Um, ultra marathon man or born to run? Oh man, uh, born to run. Okay, cool. That's a consensus. It's a pretty much consensus on the pod. So I just, you know, uh, what's your favorite distance to race? Uh... 50 miles. Me too. <laughs> we were like twins or something. Me too. So I love the 50. It's a dying distance. It's so I love the 50 miles. It's, it's like, so it's, 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 it's such a dying distance yeah. though, because you, you know, you can't get a qualifier. You can't get a qualifier in anything yeah. on a 50 yeah, miler these days. So, um, okay. Last question is what's your favorite thing to eat post race? Um, like meal when you, when your body is ready to eat a meal. You know, not like, what are you slamming down as soon as you cross the finish line? But what yeah, is the, the, the like, what's the one thing when, when you're ready to eat, you know, what do you like to eat? Uh, it's so. very like not yogi of me, but a cheeseburger. That's, you know, it's so funny. It's not my, that's not my pick. I'm a pizza guy okay. personally, but between it's pizza and cheese. It's like so funny. It's pizza and, and burgers kind of been like the, the, the very much the consensus. Yeah. No, consensus, I don't even want to look any more bread. No, no pizza. Give me the burger. <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome uh well yeah kyla again thank you so much where uh if people wanted to wanted to find you like what's what's the best place for them to to find you online these days um on instagram although I'm not as active as i used to be but at kyla rose Mayer. you can just slide into john cool. g's yeah, dms we'll you probably get a hold of me there too yeah Nice. Uh, and, and we'll, uh, we'll link to, I'll link to John G I'll link to John G's, uh, I'll link to John G and their Instagram I'll also link to your Instagram in the show notes. And Bozeman uh, Run Club if you're in Bozeman. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh no, that, that'll definitely be in the show notes. There'll be a link to Bozeman Run Club. Um, if I, if I can't find any links, I'll definitely reach cool. out to you. I've got a page, uh, I've got a page of really good notes here that are going to be in the show notes for, for, for the audience. So, you know, if, if, if you guys are interested in, in connecting on any of the things that we talked about, uh, on the show, definitely, you know, don't, don't, don't sleep on the show notes and, you know, Kyla, you know, thank you so much for being on the pod. It's really great to reconnect. Like, 
you know, a decade, a decade and plus later after, totally. um, Troy, after knowing each other two in, worlds in, in the yoga space. Coming so. together. There are not many people that <laughs> know me from my old life and my new one. <laughs> so, well, well, I, I and I, I want to say I, I think you're you're definitely living a life worth living, and and I'm glad you made uh, uh, the hard pivot and 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 made some of those hard choices to get to where you are today. So you know, bravo. Just saying that, Troy. Yep. Have a great night. Ciao. Ciao. All right. Well, if you're still here, thanks for sticking around to the end. Uh, a few things and a couple call to actions. If you could uh, do any of these things, it would be a big help for us. So first. Follow us on Instagram at the Midpacker Pod, and if you if you like this episode, do me a favor: take a screenshot of this episode from your podcast feed on your podcast player, and upload it to your stories on Instagram. Tag the Midpacker Pod. Leave a comment on the post about how amazing you think the pod is. We'll share it on our IG. It'll really help to spread the word about the podcast and grow our audience. And It'd be really appreciated if you, if you value the content, you know, you can help us out that way. Uh, if you like the show and you haven't already, please consider giving us a rating and review on whatever platform you are listening on. It really does help uh, increase our searchability on the algorithm. It puts us in front of uh, other people that like trail and ultra running. And so, um, you know, these are two things that you can do to, to really help spread the word about the pod. You know, if you value the content, um, I definitely value each and every one of you that listen every single week. Uh, and, and yeah, I am just super, super grateful. Um, also if you're interested in supporting any of our sponsors, you can find links and codes in the show notes. I'm super stoked to bring this content to you all every single week. And, and uh, as always, thank you for your support and we'll see you next time on the Midpacker pod. Mm-hmm.